Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The Lord bless you. You guys look beautiful. We had, we had an old preacher. Uh, well, he's not old. He's seasoned. Come on, how many like that? You're not old. You're, you're seasoned. Come on, how many of you guys are getting a little bit more flavor in your, in your tank? You don't like that word, old. But anyhow, he's gone to be with the Lord. And he says, I see you in the future. Come on, say that. Look at your neighbor and say, I see you in your future. And you look a whole lot better than you do right now. Now, now, that doesn't mean you look bad right now, but come on, how many know that our future is as bright as the promise of God? It's as bright, and so even in our time of worship today, we're so thankful, and uh, the family that's joined us today, um, we have a lot to be thankful for. Yesterday, I was out la- last night walking my dog, and I ran into my neighbor, and um, he had his guitar. I don't even know. His name is Ken or Wayne. I don't know. He lives down the street. And uh, sometimes people only want to talk to me because they want to pet my dog. And so, uh, but anyhow, he was, uh, and uh, he had his guitar, so I started talking to him. And so he was, I said, well, what are you playing for? He says, well, I'm in a little band. And so he, he was just sharing that, uh, that he, yesterday was a little memorial service that his wife or his fiance and I had a six-month-old baby. And uh, it never made it out of the hospital. And so this little uh, baby, baby Michael, fought for his life six months in UCSF. He had some issues with his liver, but he fought. And I didn't start preaching at him. I hardly knew him, but I just gave him my condolences. And I just told him that, you know, you'll see him one day again. But sometimes being so thankful that life is, is, is delicate and life is challenging, and life sometimes is difficult, and we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to remember what God has done for us, and not to take God for granted. And uh, so I was just praying for, for Ken and, uh, and Ellie, this, this neighbor of mine who is going through a time of mourning. And sometimes we, 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 go on, we may be going through a season of rejoicing. Other people are going through a season of mourning, and, uh, but that's part of the body. You know, when we gather together, there's a special blessing that comes upon the corporate gathering. The Bible says, oh, how good and how pleasant it is, Psalm 133, how pleasant it is for, for us to dwell together in unity. And it says it's like the precious anointing. It's like the oil that ran down the priest Aaron. It ran down upon his head and upon his beard down to his skirt. And it says it is there that the Lord has commanded the blessing. There's a commanded blessing for us to dwell together in unity. And even on this day, on this water baptism day, and as we're continuing through the book of Ephesians, get out your Bible, turn with me to uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. You know, we were supposed to be done with this book about three months ago, and there's no way to really preach the book of Ephesians in two months. And so I'm going to give you one verse from chapter four, and then Monty's going to come up and help me preach a little bit on baptism Sunday. And, uh, and then we'll get into the word again to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But you remember, uh, I started off Ephesians four and then pastor Mike preached on four as well. But one thing I said in verse one of chapter four, it says, I, therefore the prisoner, how many guys, whether you like it or not, something is going to, uh, have you. Is captivate you. It's either going to be the Lord or it may be your flesh or it may be this world. But something is vying for your worship. 
and you're going to worship something. You're going to either worship God and want all of that, or you're going to worship yourself and the kingdoms of this world. And so as I, therefore, the prisoner, beseech you, or I encourage you, or I challenge you, or I remind you, or I bring you back. How many guys need to need a, a checkup sometimes or a tune-up? That you walk worthy of the calling to which you are called. And then the pastor Steve, Steve translation of that verse was live in such a way or live in such a manner or how you lived is how you act, how you talk, how you think, how you walk, how you live. Live in such a way, a manner that it matches the person that you're named after. How many of you guys got a family name that you're proud of? Now, how many got a family name? You may not be. No, don't, don't answer that. <laughs> but you remember back in the day, like, Pastor, I'm going to use Pastor Mike as an example. I could see Pastor Mike's mom and dad saying, boy, a young man, and I'm not, I'm not calling you, but as them, they would say, you're a moor, right? Like you had a, you had, because you were a moor, because you were from the moor family, then there was an expectation that you lived your life in such a way that brought the family name honor, right? And we've kind of lost that in our society. You know what I'm talking about? But some, some, how many got some old school parenting in, in you and you had some grandparents or you were raised in a way they told you that Moors don't do that. Sumners don't act that way. Go ahead, say your last name, whatever it is. McCurdy's don't live that way. Pearsons don't do that. Come on, whatever your family name is. And now I'm going to say that Christians, Christians, Christians don't do that. Christians don't act that way. Christians don't talk that way. Christians don't walk that way. And so we get into this passage where we've come to in Ephesians 4, and the, I'm going to jump down to 424, and then Monty, get ready. And I, where's Brother Scott? Brother Scott was here, and he taught the water baptism class. He's helping with the communion. He's probably helping with the... And uh, I love water baptism services because I, we should never arrive that we can't go back to the basics and remind ourselves what Jesus and remind ourselves that because when we allow our flesh to get too strong, my spiritual father, Wellington Boone, says it like this. He says, snakes and devils feed on the dust. Come on, that's what God told the Satan, told the serpent in Genesis. He said, all the days of your life, you're going to eat dust and you're going to live and crawl in the dust. And the dust of life represents our flesh. And so if you want to feed the devil, just live in the flesh and let the devil feed on you a little bit. That's why it's so important for us to dominate our flesh and be kill that fleshly man, that old man, and walk in the spirit and have newness of life and feed our spirit man. But how many of you guys know it's a battle? Come on, how many of you guys say, I'm in, I'm in a battle, Pastor Steve. But thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the power of the name. Thank God for the water and the blood and the fire and the Holy Spirit that I don't have to let my flesh dominate me. So jumping down to Ephesians and then next week we're going to attempt to start chapter 5 of Ephesians. 
And that's a very challenging verse for your homework. Just read that verse and pray that one verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, and, and you'll be like, really, Pastor Steve, this is really in the Bible? You want me to give you a hint? It says this. As a person that calls himself a Christian, be an imitator of Christ. Or it says, as his dear children, be an imitator of God. You'd be like, what? When people look at me, I'm supposed to, all right, am I, am I preaching your sermon, Monty? And my pre Monty told me yesterday, what was that sermon you heard? The guy says, what do you say? And he said, what do you say, Monty? He said, you and Jesus are one. And so when people see you, they should be seeing God. Come on, they see God. Now, I'm not saying you're God. Don't get it twisted. You're not God. I'm not God. Okay? You are not God. We're not preaching some false doctrine here. But you are his representative. You are his ambassador. You are, you go there and you represent the kingdom of God. And so, let me get back to Ephesians chapter 4, the one verse. And so, it says this in Ephesians 4, 22. It says to put off concerning your old way of talking or your old conversation means rip it off tear it off how many guys have ever you you just you you are wearing a garment and uh you got something on you just couldn't wait to get out of it you just had to tear it off maybe you you worked out or you did some labor or you worked somehow but you needed to get out of those clothes maybe you just were camping like the ones that went to Morningstar camp and you hadn't taken a shower in three days and you just couldn't wait to get out of them old stanky clothes you guys know what I'm talking have you guys ever been without running water or some you haven't taken a shower and you're just like I can't wait to get into that water and so this is what it's talking about. it's like rip it off tear it off your old self that corrupt self which is growing corrupt according to deceit for lust and then it says put on the new man come on put it on come on how many guys you love putting on some new garments you love going shopping and getting some right and this word put on means to dive into it means to jump. I'm going to tell you a funny story. And Monty, you come on. I know I keep talking. I keep saying that. But it means like, how many of you guys like doing laundry? I like doing the laundry. I don't like folding the laundry. So I like, I can do the laundry, but Pastor Portia is a much better folder than I am. But we had some kids that lived with us and they love to do the laundry. And how many of you guys like hot laundry when it comes out of the, it comes out of the dryer? You like to just hug it. And how many of you guys have ever just like thrown it on you and just curled up in it? So yeah, so that's what it really means. It means like to dive into this way of life. And so years ago, Portia and I, we had these young ladies that lived with us and then they moved into their own house. And one day we came into their room. Thessa, you'll know this person, but I can't say him. Uh, and uh, she had piles of laundry on her bed, and she didn't feel like folding it. And so we came in, and we didn't know anyone was in there. And all of a sudden, the, the whole bed moved and scared us. What happened was this young lady was under the covers sleeping, and she had like three mounds of laundry on top of her, and she just loved to do that. But when I, when I looked at this verse, and it says to put on, that's what it means. It means to dive into a new way of life like it is precious and it's something that you enjoy and so it says put on the new man which is after God and is created in righteousness and true holiness amen come on Monty 
Monty's been fired up. He's, he's, uh, Monty was talking to me all week about the water baptism. Thank you, Pastor Steve. All right. <laughs> I know Pastor Steve want to keep preaching. It's all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. Man. This is kind of tough, I'm not going to lie. The last time I preached was at a church in Oakland, and um, Brother Carlos was with me. It was him and my wife. I asked him to come because I felt Carlos was one of my spiritual fathers, spiritual covering, you know. He always prayed for me. He always looked after me and encouraged me in the Lord. And so this is it's different. But I thank you, Lord. You're still good. God is still good. And I exalt you, Jesus. Just like Pastor Steve, I, I, I enjoy being a part of water baptism. You know, it's so powerful just being a part of it because I was trying to think about it. I'm like, what? Like, why is it so powerful? Why is, it, why is it so powerful? And it's because I realize that I'm witnessing the power of grace right before my eyes. It's grace. Being circumcised, being renewed, being washed, not with dirt, but in the spirit realm. It's the grace of God through faith that we are saved. The grace of God through faith, we are saved. That's why they say that the declaration of your faith, we baptize you. Because you have to believe. Pastor Dwayne said, he said, you could just get in there and get wet. But that's not what we're doing. It is we are saved through grace and faith. And so it's so powerful for me to watch that right before my eyes, just the working grace right before my eyes. And it made me, it made me, I teared up up there because I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't call us to have to cut off our hands, gouge out our eyes, whatever we sinned with. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't ask for that. He said, no, be buried with me in water. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Because, man, you could have been like, Oh, you've seen you lust after that person, now gouge out your eyes, and you could be saved. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say chop off your hands that you were stealing with. You know, he didn't say that. And so it is the grace and love of God. You know, it's so powerful, and I'm just so grateful. You know, um, you know, Pastor Steve asked me to talk about baptism, and I was just praying, like, God, you know, there's, there's so many aspects of baptism. There's so many it's, it's so deep. You could just talk about baptism for like a week because there's so many levels of it. And, and we don't even see it. We don't even see it. So I want to go to Ephesians 4, like Pastor Steve. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, uh, 20 through to 24, it says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. 
And so I was talking to Pastor Steve about this yesterday. I said, what did that mean? Put on your new self. And then it later goes on in another scripture. It says, your new self is Jesus. That's your new self. Put on Jesus. Put on, what does it say? God in true righteousness and holiness. That's Jesus. In true righteousness and holiness. So we put on God. We put on God the Son every single day when we wake up. We die in the water. And then when we arise, we arise in Christ. But we don't see it like that. Because our flesh still gets mad, still gets, you know, other things. You still, you still go through emotions. And so you have to constantly fight those things. And it's hard. And it's hard. It's not easy. You know, we talked about it. It's so many scriptures like, Jesus, are you saying it? It sounds easy. But it's really not. When somebody cuts you off and you just like, and I got my family in the car, and instantly I'm like, I'm about to pull up on you and ask you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're tripping. You're tripping right now. My whole family is in a car, and you got to hurt them. And now I want to hurt you because you put their lives, you know, but God is not like that. He, no, I want you to forgive instantly. Instantly forgive. So you have to constantly battle yourself every single day because your flesh is still alive. But that's a spiritual thing. What happens is in the spirit. And so we don't really see it. You have to constantly walk in the spirit and in faith that you are in Christ Jesus and he is in you. And it's hard, but it's possible. It's possible. And so I want to go, there's a story, you know, I'm not going to preach too long. There's a story that, um, that got to me. It's about a little bird. There was a little bird. He was like any other little bird. He flew around, bathed in the, in the rain, went down, ate worms. But every time something happened to this little bird, good or bad, it picked up a stone. Something, something joyful happened, it picked up a stone. Something bad happened, it picked up a stone in remembrance. And then every day it will sort out the stones, good and bad. It will go through the motions. Sometimes it will laugh when it, thinks, when it looks at this stone. Sometimes it will cry when it looks at this stone. But every single day it would do that. And so eventually it got to the point where the bird couldn't fly anymore. Because every single day the bird would carry it all the days. Every day, all day, no matter what it was doing, it would carry these stones. And so it got to the point where the bird couldn't fly and it had it to walk. Then it got to the point where he couldn't even walk no more. He was stuck in place with all these stones. And the story actually reads, it says, it says, actually the bird, the bird was courageous and it, 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 it labeled the bird as courageous and, and strong for actually trying to keep these memories, keep these stones. But the bird ended up dying of starvation. And then it says the only thing that was left of this bird was some pitiful stones that was left behind in remembrance of it. 
when we go through life, good things, bad things, we like to keep memories. And I'm not about to bash on memories. I love memories. I love testimonies. But the thing is, when you keep the power and the weight of those stones with you, it could drag you down, good and bad, no matter what it is, it could actually keep you down. The weight of it, the weight of those stones. And so when we get baptized and we die and we actually live with Christ, we're living in his strength. He says, yoke with me, yield your being with me. My, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We actually give him the weight of those stones. We actually give him the weight of those stones and those stones turn from, from heavy rocks to testimonies. It goes from faith to faith to glory to glory. It goes from these, these stones where, where whatever happened to you, those bad and good memories actually turn into testimonies. That's what happens in the spirit realm when he says, give me your burden. Give me your, your tra- uh, trade with me your yoke and your burden because my burden is light. Where you're weak, I'm strong. God is looking for weak people so he could be made strong, so he could show his strength. He don't want you to think that you could carry these stones by yourself. He's going to let you try. And then you're going to end up dying of starvation. If you don't give him the weight of those stones, you will die of starvation. If you don't give him the weight of those memories and that trauma and that sin, you will die in your sin. But when we get circumcised in water, we take upon Jesus our strength, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. And we live through him. Sounds easy. Until somebody triggers you. And you see something that triggers you and it brings you back. But God said you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live with that pain. You don't have to live with that torment. You know, we was, before the baptism up there, inside the room, we actually prayed for deliverance. And the fire of God came in the room. People were getting set free. People were crying out. The fire of God was moving in that place. And it's because that some people when they go in the water, don't fully understand what happens. And so I didn't want to leave it up to chance. I said, no, we're going to do deliverance beforehand. And so when you get in that water, you don't have to believe for deliverance. You could just believe that you are set free and you have a new life in Christ because we're going to deliver you right now, this second. You know, and you're going to walk in the fullness of God right after that. And you've seen it up there. People, as soon as they get baptized, get filled with the fire of God and the Holy Ghost. And it's because they were fully delivered, you know, and they, and they believe God, I'm set free. And they just start thanking God for setting them free of those weights, of those rocks, you know, because it could drag you down. And so I just want to glorify God today for setting me free for baptizing me, you know, and, and I will touch on what Pastor Steve was saying. I wanted to talk about, you know, it's Jesus said, I pray, he was praying to the Father right before he went to heaven. He said, I pray that they will be one. 
just like you and I are one. He was talking to God. He said, I pray that they will be in me and I will be in them and you will be in me. That's where Kenneth Hagin got that revelation. He said, if you get this revelation, it will change your life forever. That Jesus is in you and God is in him. That you are one. You might get it, you might not. But if you get it, you will walk in the fullness and the power of God. You will walk in the joy and the peace of God because you know Emmanuel, God is with us. He is for you. He is with you. He is in you. He is all around you. I pray right now that, God, you will give a revelation, Father, of who they are in you. And you are in them, Father. I pray even now that you will baptize them in the Holy Ghost and fire. That you will awaken them in the spirit, Lord God. That you will take off the veil above their eyes, Lord God. That you will even forgive them of sin in the name of Jesus. And that you will deliver them of themselves in Jesus' name. Father, have your way in this place. Baptize them afresh in the name of the, in the, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way, have your way, have your way. You know, I know what it's like to live with guilt and shame. I know what it's like. But it's funny, I couldn't get out of it. I, I had a vision, it was a dream, and it was pretty rough. I woke up, I was, I was crying so hard. And when I woke up, God had spoken to me because he showed me myself because I was walking in guilt and shame. And he said, when I woke up, I was just like, God, where are you? And he said, I have never left you. Even in your guilt, even in your shame, even in your sin, I have never left you. It was the second time I heard the audible voice of God and it snatched me out of that. It snatched me out of my shame. God is with you. He is with you. He is with you. He is in you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Believe that, church. Believe that. Believe that you are a child of God. Believe that you are a child of Zion, a son and daughter of Zion. Man, God, I just pray that they get the revelation now. Show them themselves. Show them who they are in the spirit, the authority and the power that they have, dominion through you, through Christ Jesus. I have like a hundred scriptures, but I'm not going to do it because I know Pastor Steve wants to keep preaching. But it says that in Ephesians 4, to put off your old self and to put on your new self which is Christ Jesus put on Christ Jesus and so the, for the last week I've been waking up and I say Jesus I yield myself to you I yield my members to you I lay down my life Paul says I beseech you brethren he goes on and he says and in ESV you know, you, you present yourself a living sacrifice, and ESV says it is your spiritual worship. That word worship was the first time mentioned was when Abraham was about to kill his son. 
He said, I'm about to go up here and worship. He said, your living sacrifice is your spiritual worship, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that you die every single day. That's worship. That's worship. It's not up here singing. It is singing and stuff like that. I'm not going to take, but it is a sacrifice. It's always tied to sacrifice. It's always tied to death, really, to yourself, to your emotions, to your feelings, to the mountain, to Goliath's death. You don't fear these. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off. But the Bible says that that perfect love casts out all fear. So if you out here fearing, you have perfect love inside of you. You need to tap into that. You need to tap into the perfect love, which is Christ Jesus, that is inside of you, and bind the spirit of fear. Come against it in the name of Jesus. Anytime fear stands in your way, cast it down to the pits of hell. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You are one with him. You are one with him. He loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. He forgave you already before you already did it. He forgave you already. You don't have to beat yourself up. Say, God, forgive me right now and walk in it. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in being one with Jesus after you were just baptized. Every single day, walk in it. Walk in it. And see things happen for you. Walk in obedience to Christ. Yield your members, yield your ears and your eyes to him. Say, God, Holy Spirit, have your way today in my life. Do what you want to do through me today. If it's a, somebody at the gas, it was a homeless person the other day. He was walking around like this, and I just walked up to him, and I said, what's wrong with your back, man? He was all scoliosis, and I started praying for him right there, right there. It's like, it don't matter where you at. Just be led by the Holy Ghost. He is in you. He is with you. It don't matter where you at. Religion is being up here acting like you somebody who you're not. You know, there's, there, I'm going to say this one more thing. There was a guy, he's a doctor. He had stage four cancer, and he was about to die. The doctor said it was a super rare cancer. Only 10 people a year get it. Super rare. He ended up getting a lung taken out all kind of stuff, and then he got COVID with one lung, got full-blown pneumonia, was about to die. The doctor said, get your stuff ready. You're about to die. Get your stuff in order. He said, there's one thing that happens when you die, when you're about to die. He said, the first thing that happens is you stop being afraid of people. He said, the second thing happens when you're going on this psychological journey of thinking about you're about to die, he says, you realize that you are about to come face to face with God and be exposed of who you really are. And that has its ramifications. I don't want to stand in front of the throne of judgment thinking 
are even doubting anything. I want to stand there boldly in front of the throne of judgment because I walked in. I walked with Jesus. I walked with him. He knows me because I walked with him. He was in me and I walked with him. He knows me. He's not going to see me at them gates and be like, I don't know you. Depart from me. Because I walked with him every single day. I want to stand there boldly before the throne and say, Jesus, you know me. I talk to you every day. I listen to you. I walk with you. I prayed. I fasted. I gave. I loved. I did everything. I baptized. I did everything you told me to do. Don't be exposed on that day. Don't be exposed on that day. Father, I just thank you now for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for being the God of our salvation to renew us, a God of grace, forgiveness, and of love. I thank you that you made it easy for us to just say, Father, forgive me, and you will forgive. I thank you for being faithful. Forgive us, O oh God, for, for coming up short sometimes. But I pray now that you will baptize us again with the Holy Ghost and fire. Be our strength. Be Lord over our lives. Let us walk in your fullness. Let us be imitators of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Monty. Amen. If you're here today, you just all stand to your feet. And uh, I'm not going to give you all the scriptures, but Monty kept using this term of circumcision. And circumcision in the spirit means that there's a cutting away of the excess. There's cutting away of the old and there's a newness that takes place. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I want the Lord to take out an area of my heart. Maybe there's areas in our heart that's become hardened. You know, life has a way of hardening you. Circumstance, people, offenses, pain, unforgiveness, bitterness, just life, dealing with life. But you're today saying, Pastor Steve, I want to feel again. I want to, I want to have feeling. I want to feel. Because one way that there's a verse and it says people can become past feeling is a term used in the King James, meaning that they can't feel anymore. It's like a spiritual leprosy has taken over your life. And because sometimes to feel means you have to get hurt again. Or you got to risk being alive again or trusting again. But I don't want to be past feeling. I don't want to have an I don't care. I don't want to be have an attitude that's uh, nonchalant or apathetic. I want to feel. I want to feel what God feels. I want to have that. And so if you're to say, Pastor Steve, I, I want the Lord to clothe me again. I want to put a new clothing on. Come on, how many of you say, I want to be clothed? Come on, I, I, that's Pastor Steve's prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, we have a habitation that's from heaven. Not that we want to be unclothed, meaning not that we want to just die, but we want to be further clothed. That mortality, the life that we're living now may be swallowed up by immortality. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm not, like Mighty said, I'm not dying to go to heaven. I'm experiencing heaven right now. I want the life of the spirit right now. I want to be further clothed. 
And so I want to be clothed with the man of the spirit. And I know all of you do too. And so you're here today. Say, Pastor Steve, I need to be further clothed. I need to be clothed with the love of God. I need to be clothed with the power of the spirit. I need to be clothed with the fruit of the spirit. Come on, the love, the joy, the peace, long suffering. Our calling is Jesus. Our calling is Christ-likeness, gentleness, gentle, tender, patient. Man, I got to say this. I don't know if you could turn it up the piano a little bit in the monitor. It would be great. But last night, my husband came to me. I was sitting in the dryer. He just started crying. And he read a scripture that I never looked at in a way. He said, babe, my white life don't matter. And after he read it to me, I said, you know what, babe? My black life don't matter. And then I said, you know what? Everybody else brown, their life don't even matter. He read this whole, he read the scripture to me and it's retaining to the bodies of baptism. He didn't get to it, but I want you to read it to them. Because in that moment, it's just like Monty was talking about, in that moment you realize that I am in him and he is in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And his life matters. Come on. The life of Jesus Christ matters in us. I just want him to read that one scripture because I was done after that. I was just crying after that going, man, my black life don't matter. Sometimes we actually focus on these things and it becomes God to us. It becomes everything to us. And we're just like, oh my God, they doing this to me. They doing this to me. But it's not about us. It's about him. It's about the kingdom of God. We have a destiny and we have a purpose to fulfill, church. Come on. We have a destiny and a purpose to fulfill, church. Come on. We have to show the world Jesus. The reason why we exist is to unite people to Christ and people to people. Come on. But this was a scripture that he read. Colossians chapter 3. You can put it up if you can. New Living Translation. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. What are we setting our sight on? What, what, what has our gaze? What are we focusing on? Here it says, set our sight on the reality of heaven. Where Christ is, sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2, think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. I read that, I was like, man, how much time do I spend thinking about earthly things? How much does earth have me and not heaven? How much does earth have me and not heaven? How much do I think about this life and my security and the things that I think are important? Because you realize is that none of this stuff you can take with you when you die. Verse 2. Verse 3. For you died to this life. You got to ask yourself. Did I? Am I still dead? And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. 
have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. They worship the things of this world. I didn't write it, you guys. I didn't write it. Because of these things, God, anger is coming. You used to do those things when your life was still part of that old world. But now is the time. Can you say it? Now is the time. Get rid of all anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. Stop lying to each other and yourself for that matters. For you have been stripped off of your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. That's what happened today. There was a stripping away of wickedness. Verse 10, put on your new nature, which is Christ, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, verse 11, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter my whiteness or whatever color you may be that wants you, that gives you your identity. Hopefully you find it in Christ. My spiritual father, Wellington Boone, one of them says, you're not going to take your ethnicity with you in heaven. You're not going to take your manhood or your womanhood. Those things are not eternal. Now there is every tribe and tongue will be in heaven, but we don't come to God based upon our race. It's from one blood. He's made all the races of the world. One blood. So it says it doesn't matter that if you're a Jew or a Gentile, that's where I got that revelation, or if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, or if you're a barbarian or uncivilized or a slave or free, Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. And he lives in all of us. So then it says this, since he lives in us, be holy as he loves you. Clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for other people's weaknesses. Make allowances for other people's faults. Make allowances for other people that are not like you. Make allowances for other people's ignorance. Make allowances for other people's rudeness. I don't know, you can put a whole on. Can you make allowances? I told sometimes I can judge people through my strength. And we do that. We judge people through our strengths, not Jesus. Make allowances for other people's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Jesus said it's impossible not for offenses to come. I'm glad we're going through the forgiveness because if you don't forgive, you end up becoming like the very people you hate. The very thing, the very person that hurts you, the very thing, system, whatever, the very thing that you're mad out and you don't walk in forgiveness, you become that. You become what you don't forgive. It says, remember the Lord forgave you. 
and so you must forgive above all clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let peace that comes from Christ rule your heart for you and I are members of one body and we're called to live in peace and always be thankful always be thankful verse 16 and let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your life teach and counsel with each other with all the wisdom he gives sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts and whatever you do or whatever you say do it as a representative or an ambassador of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father Lord we thank you for your word that Jesus you are the word you are the living word and we don't live by bread alone we don't live by happy meals alone Lord but we live by every word that proceeds and so Lord we thank you for your proceeding word to us today that you give us instruction how to be Christ-like how to die out to our flesh that the resurrected Christ Christ may be manifested in us in our families in our relationships in our children in our marriages in our grand grandchildren in a generation so bless your people today bless your people in Jesus name we pray amen amen Lord bless you today church thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week if you would like to learn more about us please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store